Welcome back to the Creators Podcast. My name is Richard Beatty, and today I'm going to be speaking with my old pal Kelvin Slack. Welcome to the podcast, Kelvin. Thank you very much, Richard, and it's uh, great to be here. It's been a while. Uh, it has. Multi award winning tattoo artist and all round good guy. Um, some might say slightly crazy. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm half, I'll half agree with that one. Yeah, you wear your heart on your sleeve, mate. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's a bit of an interesting one today. Uh, Kelvin's actually going to be starting his own podcast and he's buying some of my old equipment. So, uh, he's up here today to collect that. He's actually done a little guest spot in my studio as well, done a, uh, cover up tattoo yesterday. It was quite a heavy cover up, wasn't it? Ooh, killer. Yeah. Kill that one. Yeah. We, we, we. I needed the killer bee for that one. Yeah. Oh yeah, and the 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 four mil you used the the four mil stroke yeah, in the killer bee today the first time. It, uh, oh, yesterday rather. I actually found it. I preferred the four mil actually. Yeah, mm. yeah. I think it's uh, like I say, it hits a lot harder and gets shit yeah. done. Like I'm not into all this like soft hitting machines. That, <laughs> no. But um, yeah. So today we're going to be uh, just really speaking to Kel about what he's. Uh, how he, how he got to where he is, what he's up to now and what he's going to be doing in the future. I know he's got some plans that he's brewing. <laughs> so, um, yeah. Where did where did it all start for Kelly? You're from Doncaster, so yeah, like, yeah. It's born and bred. Born and bred Doncaster. Moved around, you know, lived a lot of places. Um, uh, if we were to start anywhere, you know, start about the outwise or things like that. Initially, I was a drawer, artist, painter, mm. sculptor. Um, tattooing started. <laughs> you know, I don't want to encourage people to do what I did when I first started. Mm. And that was actually use a bottle of Indian ink mm. and a pin and cotton, mm. um, which were, I think, were inspired by my dad's tattoos. Mm. You know, the old dot and... Hmm. Well, yeah. yeah, absolutely. So I started with a dot on my thumb at an early age. How old were you? I was 13 years old. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, tattooed friends. They're now coming with, back to With dots. With dots. Uh, yeah. like, you can get this sorted out, you know what I yeah. mean? Yeah. Uh, but yeah, um, I'd say year 2000. Um, some, uh, you know, a gentleman and a lady from my own village which is uh, Edlington in Doncaster. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, they were tattooing at the time. I said, how'd you get into it, etc." explained. And pretty much self-taught for around about a week, two weeks, and then straight into a studio. That's mental. Mm. Like, it's, so there's people out there really struggling to get an apprenticeship and a foot in the door, and you just yeah. like walk straight into it. I actually... Went straight into portraiture. Yeah. You know, I didn't, to me, that's what I was doing. I was drawing portraits, painting portraits, known for portraits. So, you know, that's what I tended to do. So, I mean, I, that's, and that's what you specialize in now, really, isn't it? 
Um, I'd say it's eighty percent, ninety percent of my work. You know, never. Mm. I don't really turn anything away. You know, money's mm. money at the end of the day. Um, if they they want some writing, it's fine. I love writing. Mm. But what I tend to post is realism work because that's what I want in return. Mm. That's what I want to mm. continue doing. So yeah, like I mean, when you take a look through Kelvin's portfolio, it's uh, it's pretty strong. I know you've won a a lot of awards. Did you know how many awards you've won? I'd say over forty. Yeah, uh, six in different countries. Yeah, they were <laughs> they were funny events. Yeah, you the, I've seen I've seen a couple of times that you, you know because you didn't you just travelled by yourself as well, didn't you? You just yeah, we're um, um, Denmark, Germany, yeah, Poland, Budapest, yeah. Spent a long time on my own. <coughs> Excuse me. Backwards and forwards doing guest spots, um, entering competitions, Aarhus uh, at Denmark, uh, Horsens at Denmark, um, backwards and forwards to Belfast. So really, you know, meet a lot of people, seeing how they work, kind of pick more up and put more up, you know. So I took it from there. What so like you started tattooing when you were fourteen? Thirteen. Thirteen. Yeah. Um. And like, what what were you like at school? Because that's it's still you at school, obviously. Um. Were you a bit of a tired away or what you know? Because like if you if you tattooing at school, like I, I know I was tattooing at school and I got in big trouble for it. You know what right. I mean? And like it, you know, like it's it puts you in a certain status at school. Let's say, do you know what I mean? Um, and you know, was was that like showing up in other areas as well? Like were you well, initially? Up? Mine was just like a dot on my foot, or a couple of dots on my leg, or yeah. Until I left school, you mm. know, it wasn't really. The format of, you know, I'm not yeah. I wasn't tattooing underage people as, as such. Yeah. It was a group of lads I grew up with. We're just dotting each other, really. Yeah. You know, just yeah. playing about with it. Um, knew nothing about the hygiene, nothing about the technique. Yeah, exactly. You know, yeah, yeah. You know, even the, the needle breakdown or anything like that. It was just one sewing needle, cotton wrap around it, mm. dipped into the pot. Away you want. Works well though, doesn't it? It does work well, yeah. Yeah. And then uh, I think if you I'm, wrap the cotton right, it stops you going too deep. Yeah, in that that's well. it. I think I around about average mm, three liners, about five mil, between three and five mil depth. Yeah. So solid from point will be my cotton. Five mil, nowhere near five mil. No, well, three to five, you know. Yeah, no, no you'd add it. If, I, if I'm tattooing somebody else. <laughs> yeah, you got, you got it wrapped halfway up the needle. Yeah, I'm, I'm really doing it like at nine mil. <laughs> well, I used to I used to wrap it a lot very, closer. Very, yeah, closer, yeah. Yeah, so that, like, the, the, it held the ink. Yeah. So when it hit the skin, there was a little, like, dot little of bit, ink. Yeah. Because um, you tend to get a little bit of give as well from the cotton, don't you? you know, mm, yeah. It tends I, to ride up a bit. Yeah, yeah. So. But, uh but yeah, so I won't really, I won't tattooing people as such. You know, I'm not going to sat there with a machine at 13, you know. Like. So so what what was your parents' thing on this? Um, well, <laughs> my dad's like, what are you doing with a dot on your hand? <laughs> um, other lads' parents, it was just three dots on shoulder or a dot on thumb or yeah. that kind of thing. Uh, one of the lads, we went to Skegness at 16, and he ended up having a tattoo where we'd not got a proper tattoo, he said. Yeah. 
Um, I'm not sure how he managed to get a tattoo at 16 because legal age is 18. Yeah. So well, he obviously blagged it, didn't he? Yeah. He ended up with a swallow on his hand. <laughs> now, we were a group of lads that always knocked around together and there was no chance I were doing that. Yeah. See, my dad had like Popeye tattoos and swallows and that kind of thing. Yeah. So the old school stuff. But um, not until around about, I'd say, 20 plus did I have my first tattoo. Right. And it was just a name on my uh, arm. Second tattoo was a raging bull, which you can see yourself, Richard. Oh, yeah. So I'd lasered. Yeah. Yeah, so... So you're quite, like, quite late in getting tattooed. Yeah. Even though you'd started with it. So back to you were you were drawing and then you started doing the dot work, but you were still at school, obviously. So you, you, your little tattooing career that you had going there obviously didn't expand till much later. Oh, no, way later. So... um. What what about the rest of school? How did that go? School, um, I had no real uh, interest in any other subject. It was art, 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 art all the time. Um, quite a volatile person. We all like to be left alone and quietness and things like that. I got irritated very easily. Yeah. <clears throat> I've often said, you know, I'm short-sighted, so I was sat back at class. Yeah, so I could never clearly see the uh, the drawing board or anything like that, or what they were writing. Yeah. Couldn't really take information in what they were saying to me. But when I picked a pencil up, it was sort of I didn't need to be told anything. It was my information that I was expressing. Yeah, or my life skills, or you know. So I'm interested. But you can in lay that. your ideas, your thoughts, everything yeah. down on. What is it they say? A picture can paint a thousand words. Yeah, in a way, yeah. Yeah. So I drew and painted a, a lot of wildlife. Yeah. Interesting wildlife, um, still lives, portraiture, that kind of thing. And I was getting paid at school because I was doing portraits for people. I see we're earning money quite early then through, yeah. through art. My art teacher told us I'd never make any money at art. Really? Yeah. Well, you're doing all right. <laughs> yeah, get 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 a proper job. You'll never make any money at art. Mm. Um, that's often said. That isn't it? That's. I think that's still said now. Mm. Yeah, it will be. Mm. So, I don't know. There's. A, I think th there is a lot of artists out there that that don't make any money or very little money, but it's, extremely it talented. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Um, and um, I think that kind of comes down to what they choose to do with their art, you know what I mean? And whether they choose to make a book for it or they're just doing it for the mm. for the love of art. I think that people do art for different reasons. Like and therapy's one of them. You know, like they just do it as an escape, something to kinda yeah. like calm the mind, you know, like um sometimes it is a a, a hobby, you know, and a uh, liking to create something at the end of it and uh, f from there it goes to you know so I think there's like therapy art hobby art and then professional art um, yeah it depends you know <clears throat> do you know I've often found me Richard I look back at my past and the encouragement what I got from mm. my parents so I was told oh that's amazing or oh, my, my parents were at pub showing my work off which then 
made me, yeah. in a way, encouraged me to do even more. Yeah, yeah. You know, whereas Obi Art, you know, I've often seen people just sat there scribbling, just drawing away and just relaxing. For, like you said about, um, this for it, it's therapeutic. That's it, that's what I mean. It's like yeah. th therapy art. It's it's like just a nice little escape for an hour or something, you know what I mean? Or um, And they're not bothered what they create, you know, they're just like to, a, a page of doodles. <laughs> yeah. You're happy with a page of doodles, you know what I mean? Like that, that's... You know that that's that's good therapy. That, but when you start getting into the finished product, you really start to care on how you made that finished product, and you you, you start to put a lot more effort in. If you want to do something good, then you got you've got yeah. to put the work in. I find that one thing that lets people down or like lets themselves down when they try and draw, and it's early on in the stages of like drawing to try and do a portrait. Yeah, and it's shit. <laughs> and it was always gonna be shit, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. but the 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 look at it and think, well, it's shit. I can't draw, and that stops a lot of people because they try and draw something that's too difficult for their skill set mm -hmm. at the time. So all they're faced with is defeat all the time, and they they, they tell themselves they can't draw. But mm -hmm. really, they don't try and draw simple stuff and understand shape and form and you know like structure and the. The, so they let the you know they set themselves up for defeat and uh, mm -hmm. for, for for failure and I think that's a shame. Like like where where did you learn to draw? Well, um, my dad's father, he was called. Uh, so my dad's father's it might have been his brother or, uh, brother or uncle, or, mm. but he was called. Uh, my dad's great uncle. He had an art exhibition in Sheffield with Byros. Right. So he had thousands of arrows and used to do portraits just in lines, you know, with several different arrows. Oh, right, wow. Hundreds of arrows. Um, so my dad drew, my mother drew, my mother were left handed, my dad were right handed. So I'm seeing it from both points of view all the time. Yeah. Um, some of that I learned off my father at a very early age was I was always screwing up my artwork because to me I couldn't get it right, you know, when I was doing a portrait. Yeah. Um, so let's say I got to the nose and I just couldn't quite get the nose right. He said, son, maybe it's not supposed to be right. It's what you have next. You know, like you can have dark, you can have light, you can have smooth, you can have sharp, all these contrasts. Mm. Within that face, he learned me that maybe some areas are not meant to be right until you put the next part in, mm. you know, and it stopped me getting stopped the uh, frustration. Yeah, yeah, like tattoos are the same, aren't they? They're, like yeah. they look like an absolute building site, don't they? <laughs> you know, like yeah. the, the, like uh, uh, cover-ups, especially the the don't look good until they're finished. Mm -hmm. Neither does a house, you know what I mean? Like, and it's um like the art on paper, anything, airbrushing, whatever. It's all like a, a process, and until you've actually stand back and say right that's it finished yeah. it's the best that i can do you can't really can't really judge it um because things can tr change dramatically i know when i do the engraving like it's messy as hell to start with the the like me just drawing on and stuff it's just a sketch and then i then i tighten it up and then I tighten it up and then i engrave it but then i go back in and i'm like thicken lines up and i make alterations and as you do that it looks better and better all the time. But if you looked at it on the first cut, yeah. you're like, fucking oh, that's shit. Um, and, uh, you know, then you've got like a 
the polishing process afterwards, which, which you know, or if it was a painting, maybe the lacquering. Yeah. A, a painting can completely change when you lacquer it. Yeah. You know, so, um, yeah, it's uh, you got you got to get to the end, don't you? You got to finish something and just do your best all the way. But, um, and you mentioned Bob Ross's Bob, <laughs> an inspiration to you. Yeah, Bob Ross. I think it was the, in fact, the gentleman from Russia before him right. who used to do very, very similar. Right. Excuse me. Lucas Ed. He's, um, you were very similar to Bob Ross. Actually, I'll send you a link to him. Mm. Um, and he behaved in that manner, but Bob, Bob Ross was more softly spoken, you know, and he is a little birdie and, yeah, yeah. and that kind of thing. And, and for me, it wasn't really copying from anything. It was just being very creative. Yeah. You know, like he got this picture in his mind pre, so he's pre thought it. And then he's, he's transferring it to canvas. And I always thought that was amazing. It's like myself, you know, I don't, I actually prefer to paint from life. And yeah. that's because I think nowadays, and this is no disrespect to anybody, you know, there's copyists which copy pictures. Which all are doing to make money yeah. for portraits, yeah. and then there's painters who are artists, mm -hmm. which um, you know there's an old expression: you can take things for granted. You know, you walked. Have you ever walked to the shop and and thought, "How have I got here?" Yeah, that's because you've done it so many times. You stop looking around you. Yeah. So copying from paper, you don't get the same qualities. I don't think. Mm. If I were to draw that say bottle there, mm. I pick it up. I feel its weight it's texture and getting more information from it rather than just copying it. Mm. So, that's so if you were like doing that, like life painting, you know, like where yeah. there's a naked model, would you go over and like kind of touch the model and <laughs> no, I won't, cup, I won't cup the boobs? No, and... no, mate. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> but you prefer to draw from something physically in front of you yeah. than copying from a picture in tattooing. Obviously we have to, copy from pictures a lot yeah, when we're we do, doing yeah. portraits and that so it's uh um do you would you be like comfortable obviously like without microphone but even with microphones yeah. could you sit and draw a portrait of me now i'm not going to ask you to but like if you want me to okay <laughs> but but like and would it look you know like without without going through the in my own form um, of expression or the way i you know i structurally how i build one yeah yeah. Um, I'm not going to say it'd be picture perfect, you know. Yeah, yeah. Does it have to look like a photograph? Does it, you know, there's so many variations. Yeah, what style to do it in. Obviously, when we're doing realism tattoos, it has to be. Has to be and yeah. that's where the, you know, using the photograph really comes yeah. in in handy. Especially on an iPad where you can zoom in and get the extras and what have you. Yeah, yeah. See, eye detail and stuff like that. You mentioned that you you mum was left-handed and your dad was right-handed yeah um did you once say to me that you paint with your left hand and tattoo with your right hand right when i said that the details done with me right mm. but the massive is done with me left and no right. i can't use both hands at the same time yeah um yeah, that's, it's it's a strange one though. It's like mm. a slight ambidextrous thing, isn't it? It's not a yeah. full time thing. Well, I, but... can't, I can't write with me left whatsoever. No, I can only block in with me. I'm more comfortable blocking in with me left for some reason. Yeah, it's weird that, isn't it? Mm. 
It's like, but you do, you, like for, I prefer my computer mouse in my right hand. Rather than the. Yeah, and I'm left-handed. And left-handed, yeah. Like, so the, there is things <laughs> that we do that are, that are the other way around, I think, from our handedness. Maybe like driving, you know, some people might find driving more difficult because of that, probably that. That yeah. particular thing. Yeah, to the driving, there isn't many options, is there? The handbrakes on the left-hand side, yeah. the, the, the steering wheels in front of you. Uh, throttles on the right in this country. I wonder if the throttle... One, I, is it still the same way around in an American car? I think the... Well, even though you're on opposite side of yeah, the car itself? Yeah, I think the brake's still on the left foot. <laughs> See that thrown you though. Well, no, so on the left-hand side, if you're an automatic, mm. I'm not too sure. I'm pretty, yeah. I, I think I think so. I've never really thought about it, but yeah. Um, so, do you think that's something you know, your lefty-righty sort of thing that um, maybe as a kid you were watching your parents grow up, and one wrote one hand, one wrote the other. Yeah. You know, maybe you just thought that was like an option you know what i mean like i think it made me more observant mm. um you know you you said about what was you like growing up etc yeah i don't know if i mentioned before but i have got a choking phobia right yeah. so when i was 16 i choked on an apple yeah become scared of eating yeah um so anytime around about dinner time or anything and i have to eat i become more perceptive because the anxiety is kicking in Right. So, you know, things come sharper to me and things like that. At certain times of the At day. At certain times of the day, yeah. So if I'm hungry, my perception level actually changes. That's when I said that I get a little bit irritant when there's noise and things like that. Mm. So you you prefer, like in your studio, do you have like music playing and stuff like that? Yeah, or, just, yeah. Uh, yeah. just quiet in the background very, very sort of thing. Yeah. Aye, aye. Yeah. Not like buying techno or something like that like like our craggle oh, but <laughs> well a bit of johnny cash or you know uh, or, what, or whatever the, the clientele really want to listen to yeah you know usually i'm talking absolute rubbish to them just to get them through the cell yeah so <laughs> my job's all rubbish anyway so there's no difference <laughs> yeah you were saying that you were uh Make, do you just make up stories? Like I purposely do it, yeah. So anybody listening was had a tattoo off me, and I forgot to tell you that I was lying through it. I do apologize. <laughs> <laughs> so is it like a bit of a hobby for you, you know, like to see he's, how far you can take? Yeah, before they start thinking, just a minute, he's having me on here, you know. Like, yes, <laughs> yes, he's, you you can tell, it. though, with your cheeky smile, yeah. like, like, probably, like if, you know, <laughs> if they're looking at you. Um, oh, they usually got the right show. <laughs> that's that's interesting though to be making up stories while you while you're tattooing. Do you tell the same stories? I have done, yeah. Um do you want to hear one in particular? Yeah, I want to hear one of these stories. Right. But he wasn't a story, I actually just made it up. Yeah. I said that I was born with an abnormally uh, big head. Mm. And I couldn't walk until I was sixty eight, sorry, six. Mm. I said, the way we got round it is because I used to crawl and I used to drag my head. Right? Yeah. So, my dad. My dad. <laughs> Did you crawl backwards? Like, <laughs> no, no. My dad cut up the uh, Silver Cross pram to make some stabilizers for my head right. to keep my head propped up. Right? <laughs> so, it built me more strength in being more, you know, so I developed more quickly. Aye. So, the, it's, I did it because the person in question wasn't talking to me. 
And that's always a great concern from me yeah. because they've got to regulate the breathing pattern, you know. And so I had to find a way to get her to. Yeah. And she said to me, oh, you're joking, that's awful. I'm, you know, yeah. I'm very sympathetic, but yeah. I was straight faced and I carried it on. Yeah. So uh, what I did was, and then I thought, right, see how far I can push it. I said, anyway, so I got my old lads because what I used to do is, um, they used to use me as like a, a trolley. <laughs> they used to leave me on a plank and I used to steer with my head and she took it in. She, uh, <laughs> she actually come back next day with a sympathy card. <laughs> so, but I forgot to tell her, you know, I, I was yeah. doing it. Yeah. To get you through certain parts of the actual tattoo. Mm. Because, as you know, Richard, you know. Well, when get, people aren't like, yeah, yeah, it's, it's, yeah, I think talking to people gets it through it. Yeah. I'm always chatting away to. I've got a story very, very similar, actually. <laughs> um, uh, it's, I, I, I I actually, but yeah, it's it's went down in 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 history as um, <laughs> one of those those moments. I don't know whether I should tell it. It's just got a slightly slightly offensive joke in it. Um, but this this no 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 offense to any subculture when when I when I tell this joke. But um, I was tying a guy and. Uh, it was like a um, a Geiger piece. All right, yeah. And the guy was just like, I had a full day with him, you know what I mean? And I, he just was not talking at all. It was There was a really weird vibe about him, you know, like just yeah. quite negative, you know. And, um, but anyway, I, I, I'm trying to get a conversation out of him and, you know, because I like a bit of in-flight entertainment, you know, a bit yeah. of banter and stuff like that. And like you say, it helps him get through it as well. And um, he, he was just, I was asking him loads of questions and I, I wasn't even getting answers sometimes. He was just kind of looking at it. It was a bit bit weird. And I, I said to him, look, we've got a city here all day, right? I says, is there not anything we can talk about? I don't know how long we were into the tattoo. <laughs> but <for> it <laughs> I says, look, can, can we talk about something? Because, you know, like I, had, I didn't have a radio in the room or whatever. Yeah. And, um, so... Uh, I says, there must be something. Is there, is there not anything that you're into at all that we can talk about? <laughs> and he says, well, I used to go to concerts. And I said, oh, right, brilliant. What type of concerts? Right. And he said, goth concerts. And you know when you open your mouth before your brain goes <laughs> into gear sort of thing? Right, yeah. And so I says, how do you get a goth out of a tree? And he says, I don't know. And I said, cut the rope. Oh. And, and he, he, he just looked at us and then uh, turned away and stared at the wall for the rest of the, the, rest of the day. The rest but of there was day. no way I was getting a conversation yeah. out of him anyway, you know what I mean? Um, so, yeah, it was... Um, it, it's, it, it's, we spend time with clients, like, yeah. all, all the time, you know, like long periods of time with clients. And, um, you know, that I think... And I always say this, the experience of getting the tattoo mm -hmm. is locked in the brain as much as the ink's locked in the skin. Yeah. You know, so like you, you definitely kind of take that with you as well. So um, I think it's important to have a good experience while you're being tattooed. Mm -hmm. But also for the artist, it, it's you, you, you need a, 
a nice environment to work, a, a comfortable, you know. Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, if you had someone, you know, going like, "What are you doing? Why are you doing that? Or what, what's that bit for? Is that is that bit really going to be red or not? You know, whatever." Before we've actually done it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Th those those jobs are quite hard to work as well. I've seen a post going around on social media recently, like, you know, about like what it's like to be a tattooist and, you know, or you mm. must, uh, you know, you've got a great life sitting sitting on your ass drawing pictures all day. And then the, you know, description of the, mm. the reality of it and the fact that we have to create like, you know, 10, you know, unique pieces of art a, a, a week. And, um, which is why I made that card game as well, you know, to help people yeah. to be creative. more creative. Yeah. yeah. I um, think, did I mention earlier, Richard, um, that distraction is the greatest destruction of creativity. Yeah, you did. You did say mm. that. Like, so when people are saying, you're doing this red, you're doing this, it ends up kind of throwing you off a little bit. Do you feel that sometimes? Um, not unless I'm doing a technical piece. I mean, like you don't, you don't tend to get it very much anyway, you know, like um, conversation generally flows to general stuff rather yeah. than specifically the tattoo. Once you've kind of discussed like the design and, uh, and whatnot and started tattooing. But um, yeah, it, certainly distractions i don't let people bring the friends in because that can be uh quite frustrating and Turn very very distracting so um but if i'm focused on that person i can hold a full conversation with them without having to think about really the tattooing as yeah. long as it's not too much of a technical tattoo i find i go quiet when i'm drawing on all right, so when you're using Sharpies. Yeah, when I'm using yeah. the Sharpies and I'm you're actually... You're like, more Sharpie, aren't you? You're just straight on bit Sharpie. A lot of the time, yeah. yeah. And um, I'd say about 70% yeah, of the stuff I, I, I like to draw on, you know, so... See, for me, that's creativity. Yeah. That's I'd, more creative. That's, yeah, that's I like to kind of just that, make it mm. when, you know, that person's there. I like to have the, the arm there. I like to draw on skin. Um, I just think you get a, a better flow in the piece and a better fit, yeah. and um, and also it's like adaptable. So, so yeah, I, I definitely go quiet when I'm drawing on. But once I've like I've I can now see the full thing once I've visualized it with a pen. So I don't really need to think much about. Every, right. I don't need reference. I don't need to be looking at the reference. I'm working from there isn't a reference, you know. Um, most of the time I'm just drawing it so i enjoy it that way that's interesting though because it almost like divides certain artists you know or tattooists or tattooers or are you a copyist are you, are you creative are you an artist are you, you know yeah it's sort of maybe when i start podcasting it'd be interesting to bring that factor in you know and just well i mean there's um the way i see it is is it's like this there's uh, a site joiner now they come along and they'll put like the framework of your house up and you know yeah. your roof trusses and um your floorboards you know joists stuff like that and you've got a carpenter comes along and he'll do all the like wood skirting boards and um 
you know, maybe make the doors, you maybe yeah. make you a nice kitchen, um, you know, kind of bespoke carpentry around the house. And then you've got the cabinet maker and the cabinet maker makes grandfather clocks, you know, and he he designs them and he does dovetail joints and he puts like different inlay into the wood and he selects a certain bit of wood for a certain cut and a certain pattern and right. the the you know if you were to compare it to the the tattoo industry i really don't think that you should be getting a site joiner to make you a grandfather clock because he uses three b twos rough cut timber you know right yeah where you're going with this <laughs> but if you want a grandfather clock yeah you know, you've got to go to a cabinet maker. Yeah. If you want a bespoke kitchen, you go to a, a carpenter. If you want a, a a shed built or a, a, a you know your framework of your house or whatever, then you would go to a a, a site joiner. You know, someone who just mm. just does that sort of stuff. And there's different people in the industry at different levels of of ability. And one of the problems that I think is in the industry is there's people who are site joiners who are claiming to be cabinet makers partly because of like photoshopped half the work and pissed on with it and mm. um you know and and, and, alt and altered things in a way that deceives the the person and then they're, they're going around going hey i'm, I'm a i'm a cabinet maker one a grandfather clock and charging cabinet maker prices and 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 really, people just, you know what i mean so not just but they're uh they're a carp mm. you know i'm going to say just because carps are very very technical yeah. i want half a clue or two if i'm a carpenter yeah no no yeah. like it's 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 it's, it's i'm just using that as a yeah, yeah. as a as an analogy for it's a brilliant trade to start but you know i'd love to love yeah to i like the smell of wood i actually i saw those i actually touch of it yeah like the, like the feeling eh? yeah texture sensory so would you having a a, a food uh thing like it's brought on certain traits yeah mm. so like like are you I, I i'm quite i quite like different textures in food like like you know like in a meal i don't just want one texture i like different yeah. textures right that's massive for me because i had something i had to uh, do um behavioral psychotherapy yeah so i regressed in my eating once i choked so I've gone from normal, um, I could eat steak and over the space of eight months, I regressed down to chewing water for the fear of choking. Right. You know, <laughs> very, very strange feeling because even when I put certain textures in my mouth, you know, if you got steak as opposed to mashed potato, what's well, got a lot of gravy on it, I was more comfortable with the mashed potato and gravy as opposed to the steak. Yeah. Because I know one could choke me, the other one, I've got less chance of choking. So proper hit you hard, that didn't it? It did do, yeah, really bad. It uh, led to, if you want to talk about it, I don't mind, but it led to a lot of issues. Yeah, go on, let's in get into life. some issues. It led to me drinking. Yeah, you know, did it? It did. I mean, I eat, I eat fine now. Yeah. Um, I eat steak what? now. Yeah. Um, but poof, for the last twenty-five plus years, um. I was put on a medication called Bus Bar, which is like a, a very, very low sedative for a young man. Yeah. Non-addictive. Um, 
and uh, into therapy. That was okay for around about two, three hours. I'd get mashed potato or something down me with some gravy, some carbs. I was put on four sips. You know, I was actually dying. They were killing me. Aye. But they called it, it was psychosomatic. We're all in my head, you know. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. But you have to eat at the end of the day. You yeah. have to eat. And I wanted to eat. Um, one day, I just I just got drunk. My dad took me down to the pub. He could see all week. Kept his eye on me. Just got drunk. Come home. And I had, and I actually relied on that over a period of years. Uh, you know, so, so like, like, so every time I regressed. So when you were consciously, subconsciously, I was consciously eating. So when I put food in my mouth, even even today, I'm consciously chewing it. Yeah. I'm making sure it's really, really fine before I swallow it. So you can't suck a fruit pastel then? I won't dare. No, <laughs> I, won't, I won't suck anything. <laughs> Um, but um, yeah, so alcohol was a, mm, I say, yeah, I'm an alcoholic, but yeah. it was a solution to an underlying issue. So I'm yeah. not an alcoholic because I enjoy to be drunk. I don't like to be drunk, but you know, I could have a setback tomorrow, I could have a setback in 10 years, mm. you know, with the eating, because. Well, what's happened over the years is I now subconsciously eat, but sometimes the consciousness kicks in. I realise while it's going down my throat and the fear sets in, and for around about two, three hours, I actually think I'm still joking. So it tends to, you know, mm. it knocks me in my drugs. And, just stop me. and, and, and then you get of... people talking about you saying, is it always a drinker? And, but I don't sit there and tattoo and drink, mm. <laughs> you know, mm. or suck on a alcohol swab or whatever yeah you know but it's, it's one of them things i've had to live with yeah. a lot of people have got their own devices a lot of people take cocaine mm. a lot of people take cannabis and mm. I, don't, I don't touch anything like that yeah it set me off immediately having a panic attack yeah so yeah so you're quite quite fragile in that mm. in that yeah. sense with your with your mind like i know that like there's been times in the past that you've went off the rails you know and yeah, like definitely yeah i think um you know it you you have got a bit of a reputation for that in the within the industry yeah and um in you know probably with your customers as well because you know there's been times that you've just had to take time off work yeah. to and so um, we you know and we an hangover probably from two days before. I'm still not right. I'm yeah. still eating. It's caused me more anxiety. Yeah, and I it just spirals. ended up tattooing a gentleman, actually, who got speaking about it, and he got the exact same thing. Yeah. But he was at an early stage with it. Right. And I says, anytime you want to contact me and discuss it and talk about it, then, you know. But then I thought about that, and I thought, I don't want to make him any worse. I'd rather him seek professional advice, mm. you know. Because it's not a, and then I, I found out it's a, a very common thing. Choking is a very common thing. Mm, because, and fear of choking. Yeah, fear of choking, yeah. Yeah. Because it's very similar to drowning. Yeah. You know, it's uh, it's not been like a very nice thing. But yeah, like you say, in the industry, people still chat about it, you know. Yeah. They're digging my personal life up and joining it to my business. Yeah. Do you get what I mean? Yeah. Well, actually, when I'm sat there tattooing, I'm tattooing. Yeah. I mean, 
what you do with your tattoos is phenomenal you know what i mean it's mm. it's, it's brilliant but yeah, your portfolio is so strong it's just like boom 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 like i was looking through it and you know it's just it, it's really really strong i think that's the only way and I it's can non-photoshopped or filtered yeah yeah you know you've got some really nice work in there um and um nice nice designs as well you put stuff together nicely even though you're dealing with realism you still get that nice angle and you know like mm. placement yeah the placement and size size and you know other little bits of content in there yeah. that makes it a design as well so you you do really well with that as well it's not just a straight picture off a you know you've you've done stuff with it so um and do you think that you know they say that there's a link between creativity and crazy you know they say like <laughs> there's say a fi- no, no they say no just people in general say that there's a fine line between being creative and being crazy you often hear people saying there's a fine line don't you yeah do you think you've walked that line i don't think the line exists no to be honest with you i think that personally we've all got a bit of extrovertiness yeah we're all a little bit um expressive or we'll use the word crazy for an example mm. My grandma was a paranoid schizophrenic. Mm. Um, now, I won't even call her crazy because she was very, very clever at the same time. Mm. So I know what you're saying. You know, I think I think I've I've explored this, mm. and I think I've come up with a an answer which yep. defines it quite well. Creative people. And crazy people, like you say, there almost is no line, but there the, the actually is a defining difference. Yeah. Creative people create things that are crazy, enriching and empowering and productive and visual and contribute to society, whether it's yeah, making a design right, in a bridge yeah. or a building, yeah. or whether it's creating tattoos for people, making them feel better about themselves or putting art on the walls or designing a house or, you know, anything like that. That's where the creative people exist. And they're getting visions and ideas that didn't exist in their head and somehow came into their head and they're like wow we could do this and then the, the you know they're like yeah. they've got this vision that they want to create so they then take the actions that are required to um achieve the end process which is the the creation of whatever it is that's what creative people do crazy people do destructive things mm. they they have no control over it or their control is that you know to to create badness in their lives you know like wreck that you know lose the job wreck the marriage uh alienate the kids you know and blame blame go on the drink you know and i'm not just i'm not saying not you but like the um you know people can wreck their lives with in a very destructive way with crazy behaviors so like you know even maybe you don't see the line because you're fucking sat right on it you know yeah. you, you 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 you've you can see how you are creative and when you're 
uh, where attention goes, energy flows. And when you're in that good, productive, Kel's going to do amazing shit, you do and you, you, you're able to visualize all this stuff and you, you create all sorts of different things and, and different projects and different yeah. ideas. And you can see when you're really on the, on the floor with it. But at the same time, and it's it's usually a, 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 what I've noticed with you is like a trigger, like a death in the family or something like yeah, that. Yeah, there's been a lot. Yeah, and yeah. and you know sometimes you have like when on the drink and it lasts like a month sometimes, doesn't it? Before you kind of back on track and. <laughs> But it lasts about four or five days, and it takes me a long to get back. Yeah, you saw. Yeah, yeah. you'd maybe like kind of down in the dumps and what yeah. have you, and it takes you a while. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it. So you, uh, and then all of a sudden you you you're back again, and that's been a lot less over this last few years as well. I think you've like uh, hit a turning point with that, from what I can see. You know, yeah. um, I tell you what has happened to me, um, Richard, and that is I have had flu twice. Yeah. I have had uh, COVID twice. Yeah. Um, I ended up with an anterior, is it micro fibula, fibrillation at heart? Mm. Ended up collapsing. But because of past behaviours, people were thinking I was drinking. Aye. And yeah. I wasn't. Yeah, no, I knew. And then right. I felt like I had to express myself on social media mm. and put a picture up, say, look, I'm in hospital, mm. you know, because people are like, oh, you, you know. And these are people, trusted clients who I've got a very good clientele. Mm. You know, don't worry about health. Health is more important because, you know, I was ill. Mm -hmm. um, I've moved people because they've had COVID or someone's come up and et cetera. But I never felt that return, if you know what I mean. Mm. Um, it's almost like people focus on the negative things or don't they it's like the mm. newspaper if it wasn't for negative shit for them to put in the newspaper no one would buy it they won't if it was full of positive stuff then, then then no people aren't interested so like uh, that's just a human nature thing i think we've got i've got rise and shine tattooed across my chest backwards so that i'm the only one that can read it in <laughs> right, the middle yeah, yeah. but um, I think we do have to kind of just rise above that bullshit. We're always going to... It's like the yin, yin yang. Right. You know, there's the dark side and there's the, the light side. And the light that we... The, the line that we walk, which is our life, yeah. is the dividing line up the middle. Yeah. And where attention goes, energy flows. And if we're looking in the, you know, in the light side, then pretty much all we can see is the light, you know. Um, and if we're focusing on the dark side, we just see the dark. And, um, you know, it's kind of a, a choice as to which side of the line we spend most of our time. You've got to be aware that the other one's there. Yeah. But you don't need to look at it all the time. You don't need to obsess about it, you know. And there's a, a good bit in the bad bit and there's a bad bit in the good bit. You know, nothing's perfect, you know. But So the yin-yang is a very... Uh, you know, there's I'm sure it's got all sorts of other meanings, but that's that's one of the things that I uh, notice about it. It really is like life. Possibly then when you get to the top, the the loop back round to the other side might be you know reincarnation. I don't know, mm -hmm. but um, I think the the S shaped line is the line that we walk, and we get to choose on which side we really try and focus on. You know, so um, the Road, road to hell. hell is paved with good, good intentions. intentions. Yeah. I've actually got that tattooed on me. Yeah, yeah. Um, I've got a strong belief that, and it goes like this, you keep the company of the wolf and your son learns to owl like one. 
yeah. on a daily basis. You, know, you ask me about um, fine line between crazy yeah. and genius, yeah? yeah, or creativity, creativity. And crazy. Yeah. yeah, we have to, in a way, when we're working with a client, adjust our personality slightly. Yeah, to, and we do that daily with each client. So it's almost like we're being them in a way. You know, we're uploading to what how they behave. Mm. So the all to well is pay for good intentions and keep the company and you suddenly to out like it's like um, you see somebody spitting on the floor. They might knock around with somebody who ends up doing the same. Mm. If you knock around with a drinker, chances are you end up being a drinker mm. and so on and so on. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, the clientele that I have in, after my, my clientele, like you said, over the last period of time that everything seems fine with me and my clientele has changed. They're very calm, they're very, you know, they're different clientele. That don't mean to say that my past clientele were bad people because they've all been fantastic, you know. Mm. Um, some people have said, you know, you know, you, you need to get a kill like anyway. But, um, some people have had in lately have been psychologists, they've been this, they've been that. Mm. And they've noticed bits of traits in me mm. that I mean I've had people say you show traits of autism mm. through the noises and, you know, yeah. the textures and things like that. Mm. So, you know. Yeah, I mean like I'd have to agree on that, you know, like the mm. um there's there's definitely the way you obsess about stuff, the way you love details of, you know, like you, you when when you were talking about that cover up that you done yesterday, yeah, um, you were talking about the size of the needles that the previous tattoo had used to do the previous tattoo, yeah. um, you know, you you're really curious and obsessive about all those like little small details and then then you got into the ink side of it and you know you were like then going on about the viscosity and the different pigments and stuff like that you know when you get your teeth into something you really like to learn the arse end of a yeah. fart about it you know and like i'm i'm the same as well if i don't like <laughs> if i'm not interested i won't learn yeah. it you know it's just not going in but if I'm interested in it, then then I'll, I'll learn it quite well. But you, I, I'm I'm not into the analytical stuff. I'm more yeah. into the practical stuff, aren't I? Like yeah. I like new skills and stuff like that, and uh, and you, uh, uh, you know, like details and statistics and figures and, <laughs> and stuff like that. But we're all different. But I'd I'd, I'd say I've got a, a level of all. I mean, yeah. like, I'm a, a, a registered schizophrenic, so yeah. Um, but uh that's a, that's another story you know but um you know they said that i've got bipolar as well um which you know i kind of see in you like slow cycling bipolar yeah, up and downs all the time up, yeah, yeah yeah so so like that you know and then obviously there's there's outer things that affect it but mm. um i think we have like a a you know a medium to long period of creativity let's say and then you're absolutely exhausted from it so like you have this like period of down sort of side until you because we wear ourselves out like i i don't know about you but i feel like this body that's getting dragged about by my brain do you know what I mean? It's like, oh, let's go and do this. Let's go and do that. Like I've got yeah, this like yeah. kid inside that never stops wanting to do something. It's like fadding all the time. You're fadding. You're, well, yeah, thinking, like I, I right. That's going to do this, and I want to do that, and I want to do this, but we ain't got the hours. 
Yeah, no, and I end up like doing too much stuff and that, and then things have to go on the back burner. I've got that many unfinished projects, you know what I mean? And I find it hard like doing the, the, the podcast as well. You know, it's it's keeping that momentum, you know. Yeah. Um, you know, my diary is a big help for me because like if I put it in the diary, then I know that's what I'm doing. It's yeah. it's like Megan, do you know what I mean? It's like Megan saying, you've got to do that. You've got to, you know, <laughs> yeah. like she keeps us right. You know what I mean? And well, I'm um, Emma's the same with you. Like she, she keeps you right. She's been an absolute godsend for you, mate. Oh, she has, trust me. Yeah. Mm. So um, I've definitely noticed a, a much increased level of consistency and improvement in in Kel since, since Emma came along, I do have to say. I'll totally, is a good, I'll agree is a good with thing. She's a diamond. Aye, absolute. It just shows you, doesn't it? Like our our good woman can there. Uh, um, they, they say behind every great man, there's a great woman, don't they? I'd say a great woman. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's probably is the saying, yeah, actually. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I, I bet you, <laughs> I bet you hard hard work to keep you. Like, <laughs> do you know what? Um, I've actually stopped at a lot of tattoo artists' houses and stuff and yeah. done guest spots and they're like, I couldn't spend a week with you, Kel. <laughs> you are a nightmare. I'm like, why am I a nightmare? I'm in their house and I'm getting agitated by them tapping their foot. <laughs> you know? And I'm like... Oh. You don't like packets of crisps, do you? Have you got a no, thing I've with packets of really, crisps? Yeah, something happened, you know, around the, the year of choking. Mm. I was on the bus coming back from Doncaster and um, somebody had gone anyway. I don't have to discuss who it was or anything mm. like that. But um, they got the coupon bag and they got the bag of crisps. And it was oh, a terrible day, but too hot. I don't like to be too hot anyway. Yeah, you are. I was crossed up against window and the sun's hitting me from the south side. Mm. And you know yourself, southwardly sun lasts longer. I'm running traffic and it's beaming. So I'm sweating anyway. So this person comes up the stairs, there's two seats left. And I thought that person would have took the first seat, not my seat next to me. So I shuffled over, but I was squashed right into the corner. Now, when you're up pressed against the window, brought this person, happened to be open, pulled the bag of out. <laughs> and I've just, I've sort of looked down at the bag because I could smell the pastry and that. And I thought, oh, she must be eating. She pulled the bag of crisp out. She bust the bag open, which I, you know, I honestly believe this is designed to catch your attention because they will rattle. It must be a part of the manufacturer's sort of way of catching your attention. Or oh, someone's having a bag of crisps because they will rattle. If you know what I mean? You, you, right, okay. The noise of it. So yeah, if I like my room, dog knows that yeah. when I open the fridge, it doesn't yeah. matter what. I could be up at like half past three in the morning, and dogs are asleep, like laid flat on the backside. If I open that fridge, they're there. Yeah, it's the no it's noises. Yeah, yeah so, so, you uh, think uh, they engineered that yeah. into a packet of crisps. Yeah, so. Right, okay. So I've looked down and I thought, oh, can't be doing this at the minute, do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So this person's put their hand into the bottom of the bag, rustling about. Having a good old rummage. Rustle, yeah. <laughs> Pulled one crisp out, looked at it and put it back. And my immediate thought was, remember that at this time I've got my choking phobia. That's, yeah. That's quite peaking at this time. Yeah. So I'm looking at texture of it, and I'm thinking about choking. I'm getting now claustrophobic because I'm squashed up. Yeah, overheating. And all I could think, well, why did you put that crisp back? <laughs> right. You're eventually going to eat it anyway. Yeah. 
Was it not good for you? And it was playing on me head on, boss. Right. Then they straightened the packet out and I'd start sweating. That was it, sweat started. <laughs> and then pulled another crisp out, ate that, had it all over the face. I thought, that's it, I'm going to get off the bus. What was it, Monster Munch or something? No, no, it was just, it was actually a bag of walkers, but I had to get off the bus. Aye. I was hot, I panicking. And all I could hear was the crunching and the rattling and the, the constant going to the bottom. And, and, and this what bit that actually did me. I looked down at the crisp packet. The person looked at me. I looked down back at the person. The person looked at the crisp packet. And I thought, are you doing this on purpose or what? <laughs> and they didn't even offer you one. No, they didn't. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? <laughs> I thought, oh, I'm off of doing one, me. I pressed bell, I pressed bell. I got off the I just sat there on a wall just going, whoa. And that really, ever since then, packaged crisps. Wow. It's funny how... It's funny how the brain works, isn't it? It is how it can affect you like that. Mm. You know? And now it's sort of locked into your, into into your subconscious. Yeah. I know, like if you rattle a packet of crisps around you, you, you it, it, it kind of freaks you out a bit, doesn't it? Just, yeah. yeah. That's wild, isn't it? Mm -hmm. So, um, back to back to tattooing. Not a problem. Yeah. How, how, how did your in happen he said it like you started drawing then two weeks later you were in the studio um well the person that owned the studio i went to school with yeah um would they mind me saying the name i don't know well oh, I'll, gosh, I'll, just go for it. abh abh tattooing i was oh yes yes yeah. yes I, well i know yeah I, 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 pam yeah pam, pam and wayne yeah i was at school with pam yeah mm. and um I wasn't great, you know, just, I was probably at a level of just past junior. Yeah. Within two week period. Yeah. Because I was taking the coils apart and learning the coils. Mm. Uh, back, back then, I was making my own needles, so I so, uh, you know, understanding of the needles, mm. which brings me back today. Mm. You know, I feel like, this is my personal point, you know, perception. Mm. Artists seem to all want to be doing realism. So they think that needle, that needle, that needle. Mm -hmm. And it sort of works for them straight away because they've got a very good artistic background. Mm. But it's usually on the arm or the calf. It won't be on a difficult area like mm. the ribs or, you know. But I learned, you know, needle set up and, you know, that very, very early, but straight away, you know. He said to me, do this, do that, do this. This is how you make needles. This is how you run a machine. So in the front, I understood the, the front swing, the back, what the back swing does, mm. the coil wraps, etc. straight away. Mm. So for me, and even the weighted machine, I, I like a weighted machine. Mm. Um, I'm not going to get into why, but, mm. you know, I think we spoke about it, about a, a recoil off the needle when it hits the skin. Mm -hmm. skin be, you know, the elasticity in the skin. Yeah, so like when the needle hits the skin, there's not as much kickback because the machine's absorbing some of that. The weight of the... Yeah. Yeah, so the weight of it, you don't have to sort of... So, um, I'm not going to say what machines I were using. That would be a bit disrespectful. But um, way back, I started with uh, rotaries for a bit and I felt myself pushing the needle because the machine wasn't heavy enough. Yeah because of that recoil effect. Yeah. You know, when I've got an everyday machine like like your machines, for me, 
ergonomical it's, and I'm not getting any kickback. I can just relax with the machine. I mean, just... like what you're explaining is the reason for me keeping weight on the machines. When mm. everybody was trying to make light machines, I was making a heavier machine. Yeah. It's taking the vibration out of starters. Yep, it cancels out the vibration, helps yeah. cancel out the vibration. Um, and um, But it also, you just don't have to push it as hard. It's a little bit yeah. more effortless. So it's almost, and because the, the drive bar is not attached to the cam, mm. I feel like you're getting more feedback from the the needle yeah on the return so this is how we met we met through yeah, um, through the killer bees uh, i think it was an introduction through andy murphy maybe or yeah big lad yeah, yeah uh shout out to andy he was on the podcaster three or four podcasts ago or something <laughs> i watched it yeah yeah mr big guide stay truth yeah <laughs> yeah even though uh well as long as he's in good health and that, that's all good. Yeah, I know you've had a bit of a yeah. bit of a fallout, but so if I you think it's all. If you're in this I do apologise. You know, glad you're doing well, buddy. He is doing well as well. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? He's he's doing fantastic over in Australia, and oh, things great. are just going for from strength to strength. And uh, yeah, I mean, like I think maybe your like fallout with Andy was relating to you getting on the drink again really at some point was it or i missed three appointments you missed three appointments yeah. and yeah and so you know you you know you know you let him down he knows you let him down he's yeah. fucking i think he's got a bit verbally about it and like fucking uh, yeah, he were he were escalating you know and yeah. he's a big bloke as well so <laughs> but um yeah you're not you're not uh exactly small yourself though you can i wouldn't i wouldn't want to see like two of my best pals no, fighting no. though you know what i mean it wouldn't happen i just no <laughs> if, I, if I couldn't walk off or run off it's too big <laughs> I know my limitations <laughs> oh, but uh, nah I, I think you know again rise and shine you yeah. know like it's uh, something that, that you know I think I, if I remember, both of you can we're both having a few issues actually at the time yeah you know he's, he's had them as well you know and he'd be yeah. you know he's I'm admitted really it on here as well but we were both having a few um, um, that at the same time is not a very good thing you know aye his wasn't any drink related or anything like that, you know. It's that's yeah. his, that's his personal. Yeah, yeah, you know, but he had it going yeah. on as well. So yeah, to totally. I think both of you could, you know, sit back and fucking look at it and think, well, that was fucking stupid. Let's just shake hands. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, I'd, love that. I'd, love, I'd love to see him again. You know well, I mean? he's coming back to the UK um, in the not too dis distant future, yeah. so we should maybe try and. Uh, I will say this for podcast. What? If people want to say he's a drinker, let's hope I never sober up. Because if it works at a level already, well, I don't know. Like, yeah, like it's. Uh, oh, by the way, I'm sober. Yeah, you are. I can tell you sober, cool. Um, but no, it's um, it is what it is, isn't it? You, you, it, whether it's you're you're the right person for for you now. You know what I mean? Yeah. If if you were to um stop your drinking, then you, you'd maybe have to look at a few of these other issues, like the the mm. the choking thing and that. You know what I mean? And the and the eating thing, but maybe you're using it, that as an excuse and a and a, and a crutch to to, to yeah. drink as well. You know what I mean? You don't you don't know until you dig into it and and try. But the difference is now because I do a lot of training and mm. do a lot of weights. You do a lot of fucking eating as well. <laughs> I do a lot of eating. Um, is I might have a pint a week, or I might have two pints a week. Or yeah, yeah. It's like a lot more under control yeah, now. Or yeah. I could have three pints a night, and that's it. Like you know. Yeah. But the anxiety the next day is 
it's that's you know I get anxiety the mm. next day, which is the killer, really. Mm. You overthink and stress yeah, about stuff, it's just, and I'm thinking, you know, I've let myself down. You know, I know, I know. When you see, would you say you're a little bit OCD as well, then? Because like. Mm. You, you know like you're pretty much made a fucking decontamination booth in the front of your studio when covid happened you know what i mean i think you went more out I, than i really did it on the hygiene side i went really bad i've got um, there was you... a box that they had to put the phone in and shit that like you decontaminated the phone and everything did you not i was doing a lot of things that you yeah know, spraying people's feet because end of the day and what a lot of people don't realize is when they're wearing the trains or whatever they're wearing in the studio we have to work with hepatitis, HIV. We don't yeah. know what people have got. Yeah. Now, when they're getting in their car going home and they're walking into their house, they might have a child. Mm. Their child might be crawling on that floor. So I got down to the point of even spraying bottom of people's feet. That's how mm. anal I got with it. Yeah. yeah. So there's a massive element of OCD as well going on with you, you know, like the... Um, uh, you know, blowing things out of like you know, like to the biggest yeah. you know that there can be. Do you think you're going to do that with the with your podcast as well? And do you think it'd be interesting to see if you do? Because that'd be a good thing to get up. See again, creative as opposed to yeah. I'm not saying that like spraying people's feet is destructive, but it's it's uh, very extreme, isn't it? You know, I was what I mean? thinking about just designing maybe a map. That's, yeah, that's yeah. A, a decontamination map. Yeah, just step on as you go out door. Yeah, uh, I usually. I usually open the door and let them out so they're not uh, touching the door at all. Mm. Then I sanitize it afterwards. Mm. I, I was hoping, you know, with the whole, like, all that carry on and people didn't want to touch doors and that, I was hoping that would uh, bring in the introduction of, like, Star Trek type doors, but it didn't happen. Well, I'll get it, yeah. You know, yeah. Yeah. that would be, that would be fucking brilliant, I. I thought, now is the time for Star Trek doors. Mm. And it didn't, it didn't happen, so... But, um, so, um, also like, you know, like when I sent you a machine and cause you are sponsored, aren't you? You got a free machine at the start, did you? I did, yeah. yeah. Um, it's that long ago, I can't remember. It were a killer bee that ended up coming up and did a guest spot. Yeah. Um, I looked at your bumblebee. Yeah. The brass version of the killer bee. Yeah. And then the F-type. Hmm. Um, you were asking me, you know, like, what what do you feel the difference is? Yeah, I think we we sent a few messages to each other. Yeah, right? yeah, because when you first picked one up, I, I know that like the your response was quite stood out in the the analysis of it. <laughs> you know, um, the things you said about um, feeling like you could see right down the needle and. You, you felt like you just had more kind of spatial awareness of the needle and obviously yeah. velocity and the, the you went into the me mechanics of it and yeah. how the, the... Ergonomical shape. Or, yeah. I think I mentioned something like... Um, I was getting more feedback from the needle. Yeah. You know, yeah. and maybe that's why you got a loose um, dry bar. I don't know. You mm. know I'm, don't want to give away too much. Uh, no, it, it, it doesn't. Uh, it, I think the the feedback from the needle is the stability yeah. from the machine, slightly the weight as well. But when you're holding a machine that's 
top heavy yeah. where the mortar is most of the weight and then you're using a quite a slim grip mm. you've got to hold that grip tighter to control the weight at the top and because of that holding tight you're not sensitive to the touch of the needle hitting the skin that's correct yeah but as you relax your grip down because of the ergonomic shape of the killaby and that rounded area where you can actually push against instead of having to having a, a squeeze force to be able to push forward the shape of the grip makes it possible to push forward without any massive force to hold anything and the balance of the machine is towards the front by about it's it's round about um 55 to the front 45 to the back on the on the pivot point yeah. so it sits slightly forward at a perfect tiring angle yeah. um so you don't even have to hold it at the right angle it is balanced at the right angle so it's creating a natural balance yeah. yeah and so because you're not having to put any holding force into that you can relax your hand a bit and then you start to feel the needle more mm. so you can really just kind of dance about on the surface of the skin and do you know i instantly what i think feedback i got myself is when your hands are open it relaxes your muscles and your tendons more yeah, yeah so yeah. it tends to give me more movement yeah in my hand yeah well like yourself you, you said about smaller grips yeah you tend to be tensing more yeah which then itself it so the whole problem goes right up yeah so you 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 you're losing sensitivity in the in the tip in the, of the needle the, yeah you're um having to force a, a lot of tension to to control that needle and the top end of the machine yeah which then sends pressure all the way up into your forearm into your elbow into your upper arm into your shoulder I, I found that my posture changed when i was using I'm because i didn't have to follow the machine round as much i didn't have to get into as no. awkward positions to get the the angles that i needed the very clever part about the grip for me is where your finger can rest underneath as well mm -hmm. you know you're almost like in a drawing position with it even yeah it's a machine and how it lays you can also not just rotate with your arm or your elbow, but you can roll it in your fingers. Yeah, also. yeah. Again, Which, it's it was all mm -hmm. intentional. So if I'm coming round, instead of trying to push my elbow out, I can just roll the machine. Yeah. So you know, on the back of a, a like a mountain bike or a racer, like yeah. the gears, you've got the little one, yeah, and then bigger and bigger and bigger. Um, the little one makes you go faster, but it's harder to pedal. And the bigger one, you don't go as far for every rotation, but it's easier. That's what the grip's doing. That's right, so you've yeah. got like the the stack of gears from like rolling it round in the centre of the machine where it's narrowest to being further up on the grip and rolling it from that position. It won't move as far, but there's less force to do it. And obviously, the balance it's not too difficult I, to rotate. I, I, yeah. I just find myself keep. I just can't pull the machine down. Yeah. Yeah, You've had it for a long time now, haven't you? Yeah, oh, I'd say good. It's got to be five, yeah. Five, six years? Yeah, I'd say yeah. it's closer to six and five. Yeah, it's got to be at least yeah. five. Um, Yeah, it's certainly a long time anyway. Um, You'll have put some hours on it now, eh? Yeah. Yeah, do you still use your original Killer B or do you use, use just both. the type? Yeah, use both. Yeah, both, yeah. Mm. 
and also I found as well, you know, as long as you're maintaining correctly, you, you know, you're cleaning it correctly. Yeah. Um, it's just not affecting it. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> they just, it doesn't. I'm speak. not having to send again. It back, that's so to speak. yeah, yeah. That's again. That's why I designed them that way. I didn't want yeah. them coming back. I wanted them to last forever. I wanted your kids to inherit them. I wanted them to be. A... In fact, I remember you doing a video of uh, a car driving up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've done, 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 <laughs> yeah. I drove over it with my car. Um, we've set it on fire. <laughs> yeah, set it on fire. Pod um, lighter fluid all over it. And set it on fire. What did you say about creativity and craziness? <laughs> <laughs> exactly, yeah. And uh, oh, I'm not saying I'm not crazy. I'm 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 certified crazy. You know what I mean? So like, uh, I, I I I love the being me and being mm. being crazy. The fact that you know I'm a I'm a registered schizophrenic allows yeah. me to do even like wackier things than you know, and I can totally yeah. justify it to myself. What the fuck? What the fuck do you expect? I'm fucking crazy. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So. Um, but yeah, and then we did. Did you see the one where we dropped it from the drone? Uh, I've not seen it. I think I did. Yeah, I took it. We took it to a quarry. Well, okay. You know, like a, a, a tattoo machine. If it falls off the, you know, like a lot of the modern right. tattoo machines, if it falls off your workstation, it's possibly going to be knackered. Yeah, it's going to have to be sent back to Germany or wherever, and. Yeah. It's going to take ages to get it back. You're having a bad day and so's your clients because you yeah. ain't getting tattooed and you're not making any money. So I wanted it to be really durable, but and I knew it was, but I'd never actually put it to the test. And I used to say I could chuck this out the window, out the first story window, go out into the car park, you know, without even opening the window, smash it through the window, into the car park, <laughs> go outside, pick it up, bring it back in and it would still tattoo. And I'd been yeah. saying that for a couple of years and I just thought, you know what, I need to prove this. Yeah. So I took it to a quarry and uh, I used my drone to lift it up 20 metres wow. in the air. I mean, it was up there, you know, yeah. what's that, 60 foot? So um, it's it's up there 20 metres in the air and then I w we dropped it into a quarry onto solid rock and it what a smack it made, man. It was just like bang. And uh, then I went over, I had a like a portable power supply. Um, well, you just plugged it in? So, well, I had to take the cartridge out because the cartridge oh, yeah, was splattered yeah. a bit. Took the cartridge out, put a new cartridge in switched it on right. and it's still running and that's the same machine so the same machine got run over the same machine oh, got so dropped the in the quarry that, so and the well. same machine got set on fire yeah you know it's like the toyota hilux on uh on top gear and i've come up with a a, a thing as well i i watched a a film about lamar you know the 24 hour 24 hour car race it's oh, right. Le Mans. It's, yeah, Le Mans, yeah. yeah. And, um, you know, it's legendarily, like, difficult race to win. You know, it's endurance, it's performance, it's right. and to win it once is an achievement, but to win it more than once, you know, the Ford GT40s mm -hmm. did it, I think, maybe three, four years in a row, which was, I don't think it's, like, been broken since that sort of record. But if the Killer Bee was a racing car, it would have won Le Mans for the last 10 years. Yeah. You know? And I honestly believe that. I don't think that anything would have smashed it. You, know, you said something about, um, I think I'm sure I texted you or I mentioned it uh, to somebody. It gives me confidence using that machine. Mm. And I should tell you why. Because it seems to be one unit mm. rather than two units put together. It still feels like one unit. Mm. Um, 
So, whereas, let's say, take a coil, for instance. Now, I'm not knocking coils. I absolutely love coils. Mm. But then you've got the back stem that goes in and etc. I always had a fear that it was going to come apart or drop or, yeah. you know, so. Or shake itself to bits. <laughs> yeah. If you drop a coil, there's no way that you're not going to have to get the tools out yeah. if you know what you're doing. And, and back stem. Yeah, be... reset it, you know, yeah. so. All of these things were designed into it. The hygiene side of things, easy to strip down and clean. Yep. The ergonomics things, so I like to reduce the hand strain because obviously the reason I designed it was because I knackered my thumb. Yeah. Um, so easy to hold and all that sort of stuff. And the durability, you know, that's that's yeah. the, those were the things that I, that were important to to me. Um, and I would still st stand by them them now. Like it's, uh, I think it's it's right. It's an easy machine to clean, and even though a lot of people don't clean them as well as they should do you know like i see a lot that come in for service that are an absolute mess i think you did a, a test uh, i think i watched it on Matt's youtube right on youtube possibly and it was like a speed tester who could put the machine back together fast oh yeah there's a bit of yeah, a bit of a challenge going on with the like the killer bee crew thing which um you know there was a pro team of sponsored artists which you know you, you've always been one of those yeah. um people who have got stuff for free and stuff you know but um but um there's there's an owners club as well should be nothing free in life rich <laughs> well mate you've paid you've paid us back how many times have you you sent me a client you know what i mean how, how many times have you spoke to people about the yeah. machine and told them about it you know what i mean it's you know, you've paid your dues, you know what I mean? It's uh now it's for now, you've uh you've you've paid it back. So um but um yeah, so the Killer Bee crew is more like a an an owners club. Yeah. Um so that nobody is, you know, put out, you know what I mean? I'd and I, I prefer the whole concept of the Killer Bee crew to the to the the pro team side of things because all right it's it's more of a community, you know what I mean? People kind of helping each other out and, you know, giving each other advice, swapping guest spots, you know, like fucking, um, you know, I imagine if it was like a Volkswagen owners club, you know what I mean? It's just something, to, I think because I'm from the car industry, the, the killer B crew, the owners club seemed to be a, a more comfortable way to, way to go for me. So, um, but you know, I'd, I'd like to see you in there a little bit more, like, you know, just passing mm -hmm. on your knowledge and stuff like that. I mean, people who are in there are going to be listening to this, you know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, so you know and and another tattooist as well so and i don't think you get that with any other other machines you know or any yeah. other company i think people forget that i'm just a one-man band that like you know tattoos uh all day long and then makes flipping tattoo machines until two o'clock in the morning people don't realize that you know what i mean they don't see the, what's going off in no they the don't see it at all now. they just think i'm some big company that is a 24-hour call center mm -hmm. and uh you know I feel like the entire industry's changed me. Yeah. They really do, yeah. For so good or for bad? <clears throat> I'd say both. Mm. You know, people pushing people, but then there's people trying to hold other people back. You know, it's, it's a bit, 
you know, the, like, are... let's just like look at technology right the uh the whole instagram facebook social media yeah. side of things that really changed things and it it brought out good and it brought out bad yeah. tattoo truth fairy it was an instagram page that was, was exposing that the, um... <laughs> that's the one that was exposing all the people, people that were photoshopping edit. editing yeah. the you know and it was showing the truth about what really to expect from a tattoo rather than the photoshopped yeah. uh um image that the, yeah. the, the they were posting you know because it was creating unreal ex unrealistic expectations within within the clients yeah. the community of clients and also making all the tattooists feel like they couldn't fucking tattoo anymore even though they were a perfectly good tattooists yeah. because they're looking at a picture and they think well i can't fucking tattoo like that i don't know how it's even possible and that's because it's not possible it's it's been it's, photoshopped yeah. you know so there's that there's there's the bad side of it, but then there's the good side of it as well. Where I know you've been going on about these app that you've got on your iPad on Procreate to yeah. to to you know help generate designs and stuff like that, and it's a it's a fantastic bit of kit, you know. So there's been some brilliant progressions. The Killer Bees, you know, like a bit before that, there wasn't yeah. a tire machine that was really focusing on the the user experience of the of, of the artist. They were just focusing on does it push a needle in the skin? Yes, that'll do. Whereas like the killer bees are about the, the user experience. It's how it makes you feel. And that's why, um, you know, you, you feel like it makes you do things and gives you more confidence. Mm -hmm. Do you find that it, like, you'll be like, fucking hell, I didn't know I could do that. You know, like, especially when you first started using it, there's a bunch of things you're like, whoa, I didn't know I could hit that angle. I didn't know I'd like, you know, wow. Definitely, you know, like yeah, after I had that experience for a long, long time with the with yeah. the bees, you know, that like, so yeah. Um, I started actually innovating with a clip cord with a friend of mine. Yeah, you did, yeah. Um, yeah. We wanted to put a gyro gimbal on the end because mm. clip cords were always breaking. So yeah. now they've come out with battery ones. I was asked recently at a convention in Manchester um, do you own a, a battery pack for the Killer B? Now, I know there isn't one. Yeah. <laughs> because I know what the voltage starts at. Yeah. Um, I think you were quite testing me, actually, you know, and I just turned around and said, Liam on mid yet. Yeah. He just sort of smiled and walked off. Yeah. I thought, why would you, so, test, why would you test me? Yeah, so the the original Killer B's got a, a 9 to 27 volt motor. Yeah. Our power supplies only go up to 20, uh, up to 17 normally yeah. on the critical power supply. So um, we've, uh, we're only scratching the surface of the power of that motor, but it's still so powerful that, yeah. and I put an overly powerful motor in so that you'd never kill it, you know? Mm. But um, the Type Fs are a different power range. They'll run from uh, well, they'll run from below six volts all the way up to nineteen volts. So you know, in your uh, with your little battery power packs, they tend to go up to twelve volts. So like you're getting a large amount of the power out of the the Type F. But I am actually working on a on a battery pack. I do have to admit, um, <laughs> and. There's another machine coming as well. So, really? yeah, so, so it's uh, in prototype stages at the minute. And um, there's actually two sitting in prototype stages. Mm. One's um, already a battery machine. It runs, it'll run both. Um, both of them, uh, when I'm finished, be running both systems, either wired or, or wireless. Right. Um so they're a little while off yet. It takes a long time to, to develop these things. So, um, but 
they, they, they are they, they are there. I don't know whether I'm going to do both of them. I'm probably just going to do one of them. Go on, don't both. Well, <laughs> it 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 costs a lot of money and a lot of time to 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 develop it from a a working prototype to a a feasible manufacturable piece you know it's yeah. it's even though you've got a machine there that's like you could tattoo with it's still quite a quantum leap from a production machine um suppose still tweaking as well there's a lot of tweaking a lot of tweaking and uh that, that that tweaking can be quite expensive as well so but everything that i've learned about tattoo machines over the last decade has been put into in particular one of these machines yeah. the other one i just made for a laugh actually just to do you know why i made this set this this other one uh it was because i had this robot that someone had bought us for christmas megan's mom had bought us it for christmas and it was just like a robotic arm and like remote control so you could like you know a bit like a digger it had a grab oh, right. and you yeah, could pick yeah. things up with it and move them and and whatnot and i thought i'm gonna see if i can do a tattoo with it because people go on about like you know, can robots tattoo? Yeah. So I had to make a miniature tattoo machine for the robot to be able to hold it. The killer bee's too heavy. Yeah. So I had to make a miniature tattoo machine so this robot could pick up this tattoo machine. And that's where that machine came oh, from. Yeah. It was so small that I was able to put a battery pack on it and it was still smaller than any other tattoo machine. <laughs> so um, it's... Um, you know, there's that there, but it was just more of a more of a gimmick thing. And actually, not that long ago, I put up a video of the robot tattooing a fake hand, and um, it, I, I posted it and says, "Does anybody want to tattoo off the robot?" And everybody was going fucking sick for it. I still need to do that. Actually, I need to go back to that post. I'm, I'm ready. You want tattooed <laughs> off a robot? Yeah. Well, I was going to do a raffle, like like because it was. I, I couldn't believe there was so many people actually. Mm wanting a tattoo off this this robot you know because it like literally like it dips in the ink and it hits the bottom of the ink pot and then splatters the ink in it everywhere and then it goes over to the hand and it's hovering above the you know it's a fake hand and then it like just drops down into the skin like and then like um uh, you, you know then it has like a sweeping motion and it's just fucking absolutely jagging it in do you know what i mean it's but what was left was a tattoo done by a robot it didn't have to be like a fucking portrait. It was never going to be, do you know what I mean? Yeah. But it did a tattoo. So, um, yeah, I do have a robot that can do a tattoo. Uh, and loads of people wanted wanted this. That's interesting. Um, tattoo off a robot. But I just did it as a joke, do you know what I mean? The whole thing was just a, just a bit of a wind-up, really. You but like the... Um... You've seen them, them robots now that are walking and things. Yeah. Is is a motor link like going to have all robots everywhere? Right. So <laughs> here's how I see the future of tattooing. Right. Um. Hang on a minute. You tell me what your vision of the future of tattooing is. Let's go like a decent I, distance. Twenty five years. Let's go twenty five years. Twenty five years. Twenty fifty. What does tattooing look like in 2050? Um, do we take out the issues with the inks, et cetera, et cetera, or do you just want me to just 
yeah do you do, do you still see us do you, you know do you see the robots taking over do you see us being made obsolete well you know coming from a let's say critical power supply we're now on everyone's but i went to a recent show and everybody was trying back just battery machines yeah and they were like wow it's why not a killer bee? It's, it's got the, and I don't feel the battery as enough. If you get rid of me, yeah, enough punch. Yeah, enough punch. Mm. You know, when I'm using the killer bee, the only way, the only way you can get a mortar to run at the speeds that we need to, yeah, um, on that level of voltage you know, the lower voltages with the power supplies is put a lower voltage motor in right? and then overrun it. So you, you, you know, if you, you put like the... a three volt motor in yeah, and then run it at, let's say nine volts, which would be a comfortable voltage on a power supply, that's now giving you the, the RPM that you kind of need for tattooing. It's not giving you a lot of torque, but it's giving you a lot of speed and the speed's enough to puncture the skin. But it hasn't got a lot of punch in in behind it because of the the, the lack of. So maybe the lifespan would be. Uh, well, this is the other thing yeah. you see. Yeah. Like the to to do it, you've got to overclock the motor. You've got to have it running at like over its maximum capacity. To yeah. to but you can only do it by having a, l a lower voltage motor and then running it at a higher at higher speed, so the motors are going to wear out. The battery adds weight to the back of the body, so that's going to cause more hand strains. Yeah. Um, and the batteries then wear out as well. Um, there's some you know the circuit board can go wrong in it the little programmer can go wrong in it the charging system can go wrong in it there's so much in the machine that if one thing breaks the whole thing's broken it's going to be end up probably becoming more of a consumable yeah almost consumable yeah. almost consumable yeah. I, th I think that there's a thing called integrated obsolescence where things are designed to break yeah, and like those TVs. yeah like TVs and tattoo machines have absolutely got that in them now where my, my machines have got integrated never break yeah. you know and integrated if something does go through lack of maintenance is generally the problem like nothing tends to break on them yeah. unless there's some sort of human error went went into it um the the it can be fixed easily like but just by by replacing a part like the old days, you know, like where yeah. things were fixed, not not replaced. So I think there's a lot of that going on with the wireless machines. But I get asked to do it so much, you know. Um, so but with mine, the power supply isn't going to be an integrated part of the machine. Um, it's not necessary. So where do I see the future? Yeah, of tattooing. Yeah. Um, I think personally, we're at a peak. Yeah. I think that peak's going to be reduced um, due to um, you tend to see things go like you said yin yang they end up going in a 360 circle Yeah, I hear a lot of people now wanting to do neo tragic or traditional or mm. you know um, even though there's more artists wanting to get more into realism mm. um yeah, realism is dying off. Like, um, it tends to be more like pop art. Realism. There's a lot of that at the minute. Yeah. So, um, 
I'll tell you why I see it, because we're going to 2050, yeah. right? Okay. We will still be doing tattoos with needles if we are still allowed. Yeah. The, uh, you know, the laws on the inks and puncturing the skin and all that sort yeah. of stuff. It could very well have been outlawed by by then. Um, but at the same time, um, from the point of view of how a tattoo is done, I don't think it'll be done by robots. I don't think we'll become obsolete as artists creating designs and stuff. Still be us. Yeah. But I think the way that we put the tattoo on could very well be different. I don't think we'll necessarily be using needles anymore. I think that what we'll do is create a design on a computer, print it off on a special paper with special ink, and then we'll wrap that around the arm in sections and we'll right. use light. As a way like a laser. Yeah. To, and, and to trigger a process called sublimation where the ink on the paper is vaporized and it uh, opens, it, it goes into the pores of your skin right. so that um, it goes from the paper straight to your skin in a matter of seconds. Um, and I, like the, obviously we use light to take off tattoos at the minute, laser. Yeah. I think laser will be used to put it on as well. There'll be special inks that are designed to uh, to vaporize and the heat of the laser will open the pores up of the skin and the skin will absorb the ink in. And I, 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 that's, that's more realistic to me than teaching a robot how to use a needle. Yeah. Um, and the advantage <clears throat> of that is the same light system will be used to remove it and the the ink will be designed to be removed very quickly if not instantly mm -hmm. not just like several sessions so tattoos are low permanent if they weren't removed would be uh temporary if you were you know potentially temporary if you were using the the this system that's how i i mean like you know if i had multi 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 millions of pounds to be able to develop a system that's what i would develop yeah so you know keep an eye on uh some of the big boys in the industry because i might have just let the cat out of the bag but um i've got no intention of doing that you know what i mean so uh, but i do see that as the how tattoos will be done in the future um i'm not going to say see how but i think what needs to be done is more honesty mm-hmm um, you know, I think the public, the general public, need to be made more aware of what is out there because um, we often see just a town or an area saying, who's the best to go to for a tattoo? Now, what what kind of tattoo, yeah. you know, should be made more aware? Uh, the hygiene side definitely needs to be upped, mm. in my personal opinion, mm. with so-called new diseases and pathogens and, and what have you. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if you've been to certain conventions, Richard, but, uh, you know. Well, you don't know how a lot of them are getting past, do you? Yeah. But I'd say the hygiene. Um, I'm interested in conventions, as you know. Don't, don't need to mention it, but um, yeah. it's certainly something that it would be very... 
definitely on me top five, if not number one, would be based around the hygiene. Yeah, you know, you'd have to have a level of uh, hygiene. I know we've spoke before about. Yeah. Um, obviously, you want to do a convention, and we were we were talking about the the, the hygiene of conventions and individual studios, yeah. and down to the individual artists. Um, and um, we we even spoke about doing an award for the uh the most hygienic studio, the hygiene the studio that's operating yeah. in the most hygienic way. Even that, even if that involves taking the machine off them and looking at it before they start the job yeah just to make sure it's clean yeah yeah you know so <clears throat> i mean it would be a whole nother category that would proper rattle things up but um you but know would it be for good or for bad would you be seen as you know but for me general the general public need to i've walked through supermarkets now and there's people walking away from you mm. because of the old not yeah, gonna, yeah. Not going to get into that, but yeah, we, yeah. we all know what we're talking about. Yeah. Um, now to go to a tattoo convention where there's blood pathogens, etc. Yeah. I think that would, you know, an award for hygiene make the general public feel a little bit more safer. Mm. And you know, and you're going to have people like at the convention taking it to the extremes and actually coming and tattooing in a full hazmat suit. Oh, of course, yeah, you know, yeah, to yeah. to you know try and get the uh, that yeah. that award, but. Um, no, I think I think it highlights the importance of it because I think mm -hmm. it's been forgotten about a little bit. You know what I mean? It just yeah. sort of it gets took for granted. Um, but yeah, obviously you are interested in doing a convention, and yeah. uh, um, you know I think I believe you've been in in talks just recently about uh, the possibility of so of doing one. So it's it's definitely getting a lot closer for you, isn't it's, it? Uh, it's getting signed next week, so right. So uh, looks like we've got it. Right. Okay. Um, we're going to go ahead with it. Um, definitely different from a lot of shows. You know, there's some fantastic shows out there. Met some great um, organisers and fantastic artists. And a lot of twisting in the ideas what I've got. Um, back to the hygiene part. I'm gonna let some like that bag as well. <laughs> um, is that you know like a smoke machine? Yeah. There's a lot of areas we can't get to the studio to clean. Yeah. But it's in fact dentists, hospitals. Yeah. Um if you could put like a, a tablet in that smoke machine type thing. Yeah. And it evaporates, it'll get to every part of that area yeah. in that room. If you could make yeah. something smaller, that's more um you know, it's not as it's not a massive price or anything like that. Yeah. That'd be interesting to do for hygiene, especially yeah. at a tattoo convention. You know, if you could just rent one out just to Make sure everything's sterile. That that stuff does exist. It is possible. Oh, is it already? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Not necessarily tailored to the to the tattoo industry. Probably more hospitals or. Well, I only know about it, and there's obviously going to be different versions of it. But years ago, I used to work at a chicken farm. I've I've done the same. And um, when they clear the chicken farm out, right. they have to sterilise the you know for the next batch of chickens. They have to yeah. sterilise the whole place. Now you spray it down with disinfectant, and you know you pressure wash the full place, and you blast it with disinfectant and stuff. But there's still nooks and crannies that you know the bacteria and like bugs and all that sort of stuff can yeah. can hide in. So once this uh, you know big rooms all all cleared out concrete floor all kind of clean and everything 
they go in with a, a fogging machine and they've got formaldehyde in it. Really? Yeah. And so you go in with breathing apparatus. There's a few bodies in there while they're at it. And, then I, <laughs> and the, the the fog the whole shed with um, formaldehyde. And you want to see what drops off the ceiling and out the nooks and crannies and that, all these imagine. insects and bugs and, and stuff that are, um, you know, that were up in the rafters that the, you know, the disinfectant didn't touch and stuff. So, um, yeah, you're right. You know, there is, there is, uh, mm. a, if, if you had more of a direct sort of <clears throat> jet of some sort of gaseous substance that could, um, you know, uh, and that and something like that could be like a handheld thing that you were to you were to do once a week in your studio or something, just go around and yeah. Um, but at the same time, that some shit like that can be very, very, very dangerous as well. So you well, you might end up on floor. Yeah, exactly. So mm. we had to do it with like two people, one one in and one stood at the door, yeah. watching them in case the the guy that was spraying went down. <laughs> really? So, yeah, yeah. Wow. Um. But yeah, so it's so it's so so it is possible. But no, hygiene's important, and I think, uh, um, like you say, honesty and um, you know, um, what about what about the judging? Then we've I know we've spoke about like the judging um, when the show does happen because it will go ahead. Yeah, um, I'm gonna have separated tables. Yeah, you know, each judge um, they're going to be. There will be realism artist. There will be more of a geometric dot work like type of mandala on one bench. Yeah. Then old school, old school. That's you know. Then that kind of thing. Separate yeah. all separated. Yeah. Um, no conferring really. You know, your um, marks here, marks, and then probably somebody from the general public on another bench. Yeah. If they want to do it, because not only, all right, you know, some tattoos you have to really walk up to see, but there's also, um, I don't know anybody who walks up in the street and just sticks their face straight on your tattoo. Yeah. So the way even general public view that tattoo, so maybe you know the public's choice as well. Mm. So public's choice sort of thing. Um, I think that the like. Uh, tattoo convention competitions should be the the categories should be standardized so that you've got mm. uh let's say a list of 20 different just an example 20 different categories that you can pick from you might be only going to use five at your convention or seven or yeah. whatever but you can you know there's a range of standardized and then you've got like a description of what defines that category that yeah and then right across the board i think the scoring should be the same yeah, you know that I like you know one one to ten or not to ten. Yeah, um, is like more accurate than not to five. You know, but some people just go not to five. Some people go not to ten. Yeah. Some people are just like it's an overall score. Um, personally, I think that like you should look at composition, execution. This is um, a biggie for me. That I've placement been about is flow. Attachment, yeah. direction, focal points, you know, the fundamentals. Yeah. I mean, but it would make it harder to judge. That's the thing. It, you know, like mm. if you've got like three different things that you need oh, to, no, it's still to score. Through, you know, each person still scores. Yeah. But you have, especially if you want to talk specialist in that particular field, you know, 
like you have a realism artist that's realism yeah but the other two still score that anyway yeah so um a client, you know one of the clients comes on stage sees the first person they straight on to the next person third person and they're off yeah but separate the artist so the artist is not conferring yeah you know sort of thing so mm. you see more genuine scores if yeah. you get what i mean yeah i think it's a bit more i feel like that's a bit more honest this is the thing you see like there um there's all sorts of ways of kind of getting around conventions and winning trophies and you know yeah. um a little bit of corruption goes on with it and um you know if you've spent more money advertising in that magazine that year mm. you're uh more likely to get noticed at the judging table sort of thing and you know there's bits and pieces well you know yourself well, i've so. done a lot of judging on judging a lot of show in fact i've done three this year mm. um what i have noticed is i mean it's, it's great that they're doing it you know it's no problem mm. it's just that if i were to go to a convention i wouldn't just want to go and see four studios so bringing 20 artists from a particular company or 15 from another company etc mm. etc et you're not seeing many different studios mm. do you get what i mean mm. there's not that many big studios out there though is there like to, to to do that but i know when you when you um going up against like a lot you know like they, when they've got a big presence there you, mm. you can't help but notice them can you you know so yeah i mean don't get me wrong it looks great you know it's great for that company and, that. Mm. and it's good for this the, the convention to be filling booths but like yeah, you that, say that's, it doesn't that's number one. yeah because at the end of the day it's a it's a it's a business venture as well as a yeah an art exhibition isn't it so definitely but um yeah there's there's the the, the, the tattoo convention industry is um you know pretty much parasitic to the to the to the tattooists themselves you know like um that it's feeding off the the back of them same as the the tattoo supply companies you know what i mean if it wasn't for the tattooists out there doing the work then they wouldn't be there selling wouldn't be no, they there wouldn't be, be no selling anything yeah. so yeah. um you, you know i think the important thing is um you know to to look after the artists and um, the other side of it is to, you know, to make sure it's fair and everything for them. Yeah, if they're traveling definitely. for a long distance, then, and they're, they're intending on competing with the hope of winning, then, um, if they're walking into a rigged competition, then it's, then it's a little bit, yeah, it can't it's, a, it's a lot yeah. shit for them. You know what I mean? So, um, you know, making things fair, uh, I think is a in, important, important thing, but it's also important to make it a good experience for the. Uh, the the punters as well that that, mm. that turn up there to. Um, I've got I've got a few ideas for that. You know, quite yeah. interesting. We'll sit and have a crack about it. There, there's yeah. a few other things I want to talk to you about as well. So, yeah. Um, but um, yeah. So, where can we find you? Because we know you, we're we're up to date and we're into the future. Yeah. We know what you like doing. You want to do more port animal portraits and portraiture and stuff. Where can you? You're gonna it? do a podcast. Yeah. Um, talking about possibly art, possibly about the tattoo industry. I'd say um, more based towards the transition of art to tattooing. Yeah. And there's uh yeah, which is important. Yeah. And the then you know there's this convention that uh, yeah. sounds like it is gonna yeah. gonna happen probably next year. Won't be this year. Yeah. Um. So you know, watch this space for that. So where can we find Kelvin Slack? 
on the internet? On the internet, it is www.blackvoidtattoo, that's all one word, dot com. Brilliant. That's my website. And um, obviously your studio's in Doncaster. It is, yeah. It's on the Great North Road, uh, Road at Woodlands. It's and, called Black uh, Void. I th- so Black Void Tattoo Studio in Doncaster. Um, and your Instagram is Black Void Tattoo or Tattoo Doncaster or is it Black Void Tattoos? <laughs> it's Tattoo Doncaster. Right, so it hasn't got an S in it. So Black Void Tattoo Doncaster, all all one word on, on Instagram. Yeah. Um, so have you got an online booking system or anything like that that you can book in with your on your website? Um we have, but it sends you to Facebook for now. Uh, there's been a reason for that. I had something called Setmore. Mm. And Setmore's like um you pull the calendar up, you know, you could book your own you'd book in, pay your deposit, give you mm. a brief description, etc. Um but it depends how you like to work, you know, or what artists you've got in there. At yeah. the moment, I'm the main artist. Yeah. Emma's doing the laser. Mm. Um, because I've been ill four times, not through the, yeah. what I used to do, but I've been poorly. Now, yeah. people have been walking in with flus and and COVID and not telling us, you know, telling us when they walk through the door. Ah. It's a bit unfair, you know, it's not good. It's, yeah. I'm terrified of getting it again. Mm. Um. But yeah, we uh, I could reset the set more up, you know. Mm. It's a link. Mm. You go onto it online booking system. It's not a problem. Mm. Saves a lot of trouble. Mm. But you're not you're not operating that right now. So it's a case of just getting in touch with you through the Facebook page. Yeah, just for now. Send yeah. over references yeah. and uh, start a conversation about. Yeah. Uh, so but, it's more, but, of, more but, of an online uh, sort of consultation, very quickly. Yeah. Yeah. And then maybe get him in for a consultation if yeah. uh, if needs be, and then uh, get the tattoo appointment booked. I know you pe- people travel to get tattooed off you as well. It's uh, yeah, a long way as well. Yeah, you know, they'll they'll come from right from Scotland. They'll come from bottom end of country. They'll come from overseas. Yeah, do you have a local hotel that you recommend to like for people to? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. in yeah. fact, uh, straight next to the um, convention area, we're we're thinking about doing that. Um, right. Yeah. There's the Hilton now. Right. A little bit expensive, uh, more expensive, but there's a lot of in Doncaster. There's tons and tons and tons of. Yeah. Um, like travel lodges and things like that. Yeah, just know. I know when we've got people coming from away, you know, like we, we like to try and help them a little bit and say, well, you know, if you if you get this hotel, it's just up yeah. the road, it's nice and handy, blah, blah, blah. You know yeah. what I mean? There's fucking seagulls shitting on the roof and whatnot, <laughs> but, you know, like yeah. it's uh, it'll do yeah. you for getting your tattoo done sort of thing. So, mm. but um, yeah, so, well, best of luck with everything that you, you're planning on doing with your, like your convention and that. I hope it goes well for you. Um, it will I'll, go well. I'll definitely be coming along. Can we do the videography for it? Can I get the? Can I get you yes on the uh, the the convention video? To be honest with you, Rich, I was going to ask you. <laughs> Fantastic. Because you've done a picture of me, and I look like Ben Hill, so why not? <laughs> <laughs> well, um, now that would be great. So we'll we'll be there supporting the convention, yeah. and uh, um, we'll we'll focus on all the the, the extra hygiene and stuff, and uh, yeah pull things out of the bag for you so no that'd be brilliant so i look forward to that and um any any future guest spots and 
just kind of I really enjoy a, a good crack with you because you 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 speak about things in a in a very differently observed way you you see things differently to other people and you articulate that in a way that you know I, I understand so yeah. um, we have some like really in-depth conversations about like the 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 darker details of things, don't we? And to be honest with you, Richard, <clears throat> if this were me twentieth podcast, I'd feel more at ease. I'm a little bit nervous, you know. Mm. He, he, I told you yesterday, I was like, oh, I'm dreading this. Yeah. So I didn't know. I don't know what you're gonna ask me, I've no idea. So I'm a little bit like, oh, you know, getting blanks all the time. Yeah. I know a good chatter, I like to soak. Yeah. You know, that sort of thing. Um the thing about the iPad, I did want to mention one thing, and that were about Mick Tomo. It was Mick Tomo who introduced me to all the new brushes you can get on the... On Procreate. Yeah. It was so big yeah. up Mick Tomo. Yeah, yeah. It's, it opened up a whole new world for Kelvin. Yeah, it's uh, <laughs> sort of like, where you've been living in Stone Age sort of thing. But yeah. again, that the iPads became an intrinsic part of the tattoo yeah. industry, you know, like... Yeah. If, you, if you're not using an iPad, then you are guaranteed, like having to work harder to well, you, you tend to be strolling the internet and most of the time i don't know if you get this most of the tattoos have been done 50 times yeah, yeah you don't for me personally i don't want to be copying or scrolling through google i often think about the guy who took the photograph of that dove oh you know that dove oh don't and like he had no idea how famous that dove was going to be, you know. Um, it has been tattooed over and over and over and over. In about the side sort of one, what they use for the villagers. That one, or the the forward one. Yeah. I know which one you're talking about. The, the, the one that's flying, that's it's just like, in every religious sleeve, and yeah, 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 slight angle, wings Stick outspread. Rose weight yeah, 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 all that sort of stuff. It's been, you know, there's a group of lions that have been yeah. tattooed so many times, and a group of tigers that have been tattooed yeah, so many times. You've got a lion staring into water, and there's a couple looking back, and it's like, oh, yeah, yeah. The, the, come the, on, the, let, let's innovate. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Do, let's. And that the, the iPad has made that easier to do to to use that stuff that's on the internet but it's also made it easier to like create new stuff as well so yeah. um it would not be nice to i think the 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 demand is changing you know mm -hmm. realism is dying off and people at the minute are really into the little sticker tattoos and um a lot of smaller stuff i think tribal's gonna make a comeback um but in maybe slightly different patterns you know the geo the geo type is fantastic mm. um Jen called bry don't know if you know no um does the dot work mm. oh it's beautiful mm. absolutely stunning work yeah absolutely cracking back piece i were at titanic recently at belfast mm. and i was uh judging there and i just looked at it and i was like wow that <laughs> all the net the negative space that wasn't used was so it just appealed to me do you know what i mean mm. even the dots on the um Oh, it just blew me away. Uh, the negative, but that you know that one that I done on the chest that went viral. Yeah, the, yeah. The, oh, the, <laughs> with the little man. Yeah, with the little man driving. Yeah, I was going to wear that t-shirt today just to do the red, <laughs> and so right, it looked yeah. like I was. But anyway, oh, um, stop laughing. Yeah, um, but that was. Um, thinking about the negative space around a tattoo being as much a part of the tattoo as, yeah, as the tattoo. So it's what you don't put in. It can be sometimes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sometimes less is more. So. 
Thanks for coming on the podcast, Cal. Will I do. hope it's been uh, not as stressful for you as you, you thought it was going to be. My palms are sweating. <laughs> <laughs> also, um, you're going to be doing this, you know, you're going to be yeah, at this be. side of these yeah. buttons pretty soon. So yeah. hopefully it gives you an insight to, to how it all works and the buttons to press and... Um, I know you found listening to your own voice in the headphones like weird when we first put the headphones oh, on. It's strange that. I've got mm. your voice in my head and I've got my voice in my head. Yeah, yeah. And I sound different. Yeah, you do, you do. But um, anyway, thanks for coming on. All the best for the uh, future project. If you want to catch up with Kelvin, it's blackvoidtattoo.com on uh, on the internet and uh, blackvoidtattoo.doncaster on Instagram. So thanks again for listening everybody and uh, Kelvin for coming on and we'll see you all next time